What's up, people? Another episode of Just for Sport. Jamoke Davis here with you. I hope you're doing all right as we get ready for the start of the football season. We got just over a week, about 10 days before the National Football League starts. And I got my first request from our eight-year-old son that he wants to play football. And my wife was like, nope, nope. He said, flag. She said, maybe. Talk a little bit about that. We'll talk a little bit about, and I know I'm a little late to it, but I still got something to get off my chest about James Harden and being fine for speaking his mind. I will give some thoughts on that. I did forget in the last podcast to actually talk about how happy I was the Washington Commanders beat the Baltimore Ravens and broke that record that they had, which was another thing there. But that was a long time ago. We're already on to the game four of the preseason, and now we're about to start the the regular season in NFL. I'll go over my odds. Super Bowl, NFC champs, AFC champs, all of that stuff in next week's pod. We'll talk about it next week's pod. We are also going to talk about the gift that keeps on giving, for better or for worse, and that's Jim Harbaugh of University of Michigan. I think he's right. I think we should have more diversity, equity, and inclusion in sports in general. But he specifically is talking about NIL deals and getting players paid. I can't disagree with him. Also think that if he's supposed to be suspended for lying about some recruiting violations, well, come on. He's not perfect. It's all right. But I'm first going to start with the U.S. Open. I'm a little late, a little late with this pod. You know, I feel like probably a year or two ago, I really used to uh, give you that preseason prediction before the tournament. Um, This weekend was a little busy, eight-year-old getting a little more uh, involved in soccer, had a pretty big tournament, had some family in town. Um, so I didn't get around to it, but here I am. It's all right. It's only one day so far. This is the fourth and final major. As I mentioned before, there is a little luster loss from the games because Novak Djokovic does not have a chance to get that grand slam. And for some, that's good news. He doesn't have that many fans. Shoot, I used to call him, I still could, no vax, because he's not vaccinated, Joe COVID. A little bit of everything in there, throwing it in there. I'm surprised nobody else said that. I'm just surprised. But in my mind, I think what happened at Wimbledon wasn't an aberration 
but a wake-up call for Swiatek and Djokovic. They're still the favorite to win on the men's and women's side with Carlos Alcaraz right behind him and Arnya Sabalenka right behind Swiatek. Coco Golf won her first ATP 1000 Series tournament last week, week before last. So maybe she's, you know, on a hot streak. So maybe she can make some noise. I would like to say I want to see Owens Jabor get a title. I mean, that was devastating how she lost in that Wimbledon final. I thought she was a lock, even though I picked Swiatek to win it overall. I thought that um, there was a chance, a chance, slim chance for the uh, unseeded player to be Owens Jabor in the Wimbledon final once they got there, but she won. I don't even remember her name. Elena Ribakina and Jessica Pagula. I mean, that'd be neat for Jessica Pagula or Coco, both from the United States, to get the win. You know, especially in U.S. Open, we often, just like in Wimbledon, they talk about who's from, who's in the tournament from England. Well, who can win on the American side? Taylor Fritz, maybe. The crazy thing is one of the favorites, Holger Rune, he was already upset today. He's out. You got Yannick Sinner, Daniil Medvedev, Alexander Zverev, Tsitsipas, who I used to root for a lot. I And my guy, I wonder if it's going to be, I'm on team team, but since his injury, he's not quite been the same. And I don't know if he ever will be. The player that's missing on here that I really want to see win is Francis Tiafo. I want to see him take that next step. If he can, right? That's the key if if he can. And that's not easy to do. At least he won his first round match, which was exciting to see. It's funny because after the match, he was like pointing up there in the stands. And you could tell what the gestures was. It was like, text me and we'll have you come down, whoever he was talking to. But they just couldn't quite understand what he was saying. That was funny just to see him do it like four times. And everybody, I'm sure, on television and maybe even in the stands were like, duh, he's telling whoever that is to text and then come on down. But if Tiafo, I, I go back at Tiafo, Tiafo. You know, if he can if he can pull it off, that would be that would be great. That would be great. But you know, that's uh that's why they play the game. And I still think that um until they lose, the favorites are the favorites for a reason in this case. Now, 
Carlos Alcaraz, I mean, the fact that he just lost to Djokovic in the Cincinnati Open could be a good thing for him in terms of revenge, if you will. But in many ways, it is definitely um, a... It's not a lock. It's like I t- it's tough. I, I'm now. I don't want to call it a lock because I know that Alcaraz can beat Djokovic. We know that. We've seen Swiatek. She's vulnerable. She's no longer what they call her Dunkin' Donuts or whatever. It's not happening anymore. But they're so good, and I bet they have the fire after not winning Wimbledon to show out on the hard court. And they shine. They both shine on the hard court. They really do. So we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens there. I'm going to go back and I'm going to bring something up. That is still, we're still talking about U.S. Open here. This is this is kind of bothering me. The headline is Grass Court. And it's about the US Open. It intrigued me. What do you mean? They play on hard courts. They're not on grass. They're talking about weed. That people are smoking weed at the US Open and players are starting to complain. Today, it was Maria Sakari. She lost 6-4-6-4 to Rebecca Masarova. The game story, and to her recollection, Maria, she says she was playing well until she started to smell marijuana, and it was disgusting, and it distracted her. Whatever will the U.S. Open do? Nick Kyrgios last year complained about a match as well, according to reports, as I was reading on ESPN.com. Sakari said, sometimes you, quote, sometimes you smell food, sometimes you smell cigarettes, sometimes you smell weed. I mean, it's something we cannot control because we're in an open space. There's a park behind. People can do whatever they want. Yeah, but there is a but there for me. I believe at a sporting event, even if it is open air, if players can smell it, that's just not a good thing. If they're saying it's affecting their play, I don't like weed. I think it smells gross. Never tried it, never will. I think it would distract me too. And I think the U.S. Open has a predicament on their hands if more players start to talk about how they don't like the fact that you can smell weed. And I think in the end, the best thing for them to do, especially if we're talking about health and we're talking about sports, no smoking, period. That's it. 
Just simply no smoking. And that's what they have to do. And it's got to start today. I think it's, it behooves the U.S. Open today to change the rules. No more smoking. That's it. You're affecting the player's health. You're affecting the player's play. Now, granted, when there was some talk about, you know, there was a story last week about how some golfers were saying that betting is affecting play. That, you know, you've got people yelling, hook it. You know, trying to distract players as they make a bet about whether, you know, a player's going to get on the fairway, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I've always said, even when I played tennis, I don't care if people are talking. Like, I mean, come on. How many other sports where people are talking? Right? Baseball, football, hockey. You could say, well, those are team sports. All right, I'll give you that. But the funny thing is the team sports is where you need it quieter so that the teammates can talk. Right? In tennis, it's just you. Who cares what people are saying? You're never really talking to your opponent. You're never really talking to the umpire. And if it's a loud enough match or we're talking like at the U.S. Open or the City Open, et cetera, et cetera, there's always a PA announcer that'll call out the scores, blah, blah, blah. Golf the same way. All right, you talk to your caddy. All right. But you're right next to each other. It's not that big a deal. But smoking, something that I feel like, I guess they both can psychologically affect people, but I feel like that's a little bit over the top. Uh, Just a little bit, right? Just a little bit over the top. Speaking of over the top, Jim Harbaugh is always over the top. Take it or leave it. Love him or hate him. I like the Harbaugh's in general. John and Jim. But Jim Harbaugh up at Michigan. Begins a press conference. Saying, quote, we should all be about diversity, equity, and inclusion. I'm calling for a system that is fair, equitable, and benefits all involved. Don't exclude the student-athletes from the profits. My opinion, you can't say you're about diversity, equity, and inclusion if you aren't willing to include the student-athletes in revenue sharing. We have to try to make it work. We have to try to make it better. And right now, the certain... The current status quo is unacceptable and won't survive. In my opinion, we capitalize on the talent. We should pay the talent for the contributions to the bottom line. I don't disagree with that. But I do think that the system is not set up properly. It's the wild, wild west right now. And that's the problem. You're going to end up in a situation where 
Certain players may get more than others, whether it's NIL deals or the way they're recruited. All of that kind of stuff is going to change, yes. How it is put into place is the hard part. How you determine that the punt, what the punter gets compared to the quarterback or the wide receiver. What the basketball player gets versus the volleyball player, even though the volleyball player's team is ranked higher than the basketball team as far as the NCAA rankings. Or the fact that that LSU gymnast is probably the most popular NIL star in the game. But is she bringing revenue to the university? The number of tickets being sold? How many uniforms or LSU gear are people buying because of gymnastics? And that's where I think is the hard part. If you go to a school, just throwing a school out there, uh, Seton Hall, Temple, Georgetown, and you pick up something from the store there, um athletic sweatshirt who gets who gets that revenue just the university should it be all of the athletes get a percentage of it there's a lot to work out there it to me it's more complicated with college athletics because the number of schools Everybody's trying to make their own deal individually as players. All of the schools are trying to make their own deals. The different teams are trying to make their own deals. It's a lot. It probably makes people's head hurt that, that are in charge of trying to figure it all out. So right now, it'll just stay the wild, wild west. And it may always be the wild, wild west is what it ends up being. But to what Harbaugh says, they do need to find the, a way to make it work. I mean, but the weird thing is like, where does the revenue sharing begin and end? I mean, I don't know if you heard the reports about maybe the ACC is going to get, and I don't have any inside information on that. But there is talk of maybe the ACC getting a couple of the Pac-12 teams. But then when you were reading reports about the deal, it was like, oh, but they won't get any revenue for like the first seven years of the deal from the TV rights. So then you got to think about, oh, wait, what? I mean, this is very complicated. So you can imagine what that means for athletes in revenue sharing. You know, when you hear about like in Hollywood where somebody got uh, residuals, royalties, and it was like one cents, three cents, that may end up what it's like for some athletes. But they've got to figure out something. Maybe seniors get more than first years. Stars get more than bench players. Scholarship players get more than walk-ons. Oh, man. I mean, that would just, it's dizzy. But I like that Jim Harbaugh is speaking up. 
And I hope that he can help make change. Now, here's the thing, right? We got a situation here. We're ready for the NFL. And there are some teams that are still trying to figure it out. Who's going to be available? Players got hurt. Out for the year. And my main thing is, what does it mean for my fantasy team? I saw today, Kyler Murray, physically unable to perform list. I had a chance to get him last year, and boy, do I wish I did. But this year, eh. I I would say we got to Mm. I don't know. I mean, do you draft a player that you're unsure if they are going to be 100%? I mean, especially when you're talking about somebody of that caliber. When will he be able to perform? I mean, shoot, he just signed that big contract. And this is exactly why I'm sure some owners are like, ah, those, I mean, any quarterback can get injured, but it's the small quarterbacks. Boy, and then, listen, Robert Griffin, I remember Robert Griffin, and that was tough to stomach. He just wasn't the same. You know, you got a Justin Fields, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. I mean, Baker Mayfield isn't really a on that same level of a runner, but that's that's the tough part. Some some QBs are fragile, and doesn't mean just because they're running quarterback that they're fragile, but that does add to it, right? That adds to the risk-reward. If they are healthy, oh, are they a beast. If they're not healthy, which could happen fairly frequently when you play such a violent game. And that makes it difficult for an owner to stomach when the quarterback's not healthy and you don't know when they'll ever be healthy. You really don't. You really don't. Some of my uh, friends are having a fantasy football league. It's an auction draft and I'm going to miss it. I'm going to try to be on Zoom, but it's not the same if you're not in person. It really isn't. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to have some fun. I will. I feel like I enjoy the draft more than I do the season. Uh, if, uh, but if you're winning, you're winning. Then you're still enjoying the season. But I like the draft. The getting together for that is the best part. 
It's pretty exciting. And I hope you're excited for it too. If I'm looking at my cheat sheet. I I don't know. Who am I going to take? If I had the number one pick, who would I take number one? My dad had a very controversial league where he had two quarterbacks. You could pick two quarterbacks, and my first two picks were always quarterbacks. And my quarterbacks would probably be either Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. My wide receiver, I'll take Jamar Chase. He would be my number one pick at wide receiver. At running back, oh boy. Oh, between oh, Austin Eckler or Christian McCaffrey, I'd probably take Austin Eckler. Yeah, I'd take Austin Eckler. And those would be my top picks. That would be it. I mean, you probably have no chance to get. Well, I mean, bottom lines, I'm just saying who I would take number one. Travis Kelsey would be my number one tight end. And those are my number ones. So I'm going to be looking forward to the draft September 3rd. I hope I remember to put that on my calendar. I can't be missing out on the draft. No, 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 no. Can't be missing out on the draft. Speaking of missing out, James Harden's missing out on some money. And I don't understand it. On one hand, I don't understand how he's asking for another trade. I really don't. It's bizarre that he's going to be on what? His fourth team in four years, something like that. I mean, this is crazy. Now they're talking about him going to the the Bulls. For what? I mean, just because he's a he's a he can get you buckets. Maybe. But this is going to be interesting what happens here. It will be. But to find someone 
the way that they have for speaking his mind. I mean, he called Daryl Morey a liar. He probably didn't need to do that. And now he's causing a lot of trouble because he's requesting a trade. And the bottom line is Adam Silver, he's, he's lost control. That is the crux of what we should be dealing with. Adam Silver has no control over the league or the players anymore. The players run the league. That's really where we're at. And I know that's not what the owners want. So the owners aren't happy. I mean, I guess they're happy if they're getting money, but they probably wish they had more money and didn't have to pay the players how much money they have to pay the players. That's only going to keep going up. The whole thing is just a cluster. It, the whole thing is just simply a cluster. I'm sure the ownership that were there around probably still miss David Stern. But it will be interesting to see what happens with James Harden. I think that he should... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? He, he should appeal the fine and see what happens next. That's what I would do. I think it's unfair. Is anybody watching, uh, FIBA, by the way? No. USA in the World Cup, the FIBA World Cup. I mean, that, the game I mean, games at four in the morning. I mean, I guess if you wake up at six, six thirty, you can watch it then. But if you're missing basketball, this is a good opportunity for you, right? This is a really good opportunity for you to be able to get some basketball. uh, Fill your basketball, Jones, before the season gets started. That's what it can do for you. Uh, Get up in the morning. You get to see some good players. I mean, okay. I mean, my thing is, you know, I love Brandon Ingram. I think he's like the the Kevin Durant. When you can't get Kevin Durant, you get Brandon Ingram. He's the, the secret assassin to me. But Anthony Edwards is really good. You get to see a little bit more of the young talent. Jaron Jackson, the third. I mean, that's the thing. It's like uh, somewhat the future of the league is what you get to watch. The future of the league.
Lastly, speaking of the future of the league, I don't know if any of y'all got a chance to watch Major League Baseball playing in the Little League Park. That was beautiful. I mean, I know it would be difficult, but I wish there was a way that other leagues could do something similar. And to think that all of the fans in the stands were Little League players and their parents and family. And they got to see the Nats beat the Phillies. I mean, that was exciting, huh? Who expected the Phillies to be this bad? Right? You thought they were going to be playing for a championship. They're 72 and 58, so I know I'm joking. They're not really that bad. But it was good to see. It's really more that the Nats, who thought they would be this good. I mean, they're nine games out of 500. Who to thunk? Probably nobody. I mean, they're still, you know, 61 and 70. There's no chance they're making the playoffs. But when you thought, oh, maybe they win, you know, maybe not quite like the Orioles back in the day when they only won 21 games, but you thought maybe 30, 40. And so they're ahead of schedule in their rebuild. And here's the big kicker for me. You know who has the same record as the Nationals? When, when If I asked you, especially now that Steven Strasburg retired, if I asked you what team has the same record as the Nationals, if I asked you at the beginning of the season, you would never say it's the Padres. And yet it's the Padres, both at 61 and 70. The Padres traded for Juan Soto from the Washington Nationals. They have Manny Machado. They have Fernando Tatis. They have the batting. They have the pitching. They don't have the wins. So when I'm thinking about, to me, some of the biggest surprises in best and worst, I'd probably have to say the worst is the Padres. They should be better than they are. And then the best are, of course, the Orioles. The Orioles have the best record in the American League. Three games behind the Braves for overall best record in Major League Baseball. Nobody, nobody thought that the Orioles would be where they are. Towards the end of the season, yeah, I know there was that growing excitement about the Orioles, but not this good. You know, maybe seven to 10 games above 500, vying for a wild card spot. And no, they're not the favorite to win the World Series, but, you know, they're going to make some noise and they're going to be there. I know the Dodgers are trending. 
in the Braves. But what outside of that? They're looking good. Now their biggest or weakest link is that now Felix Bautista unfortunately may be out for the year. But realistically, just to make the playoffs and make some noise would be good for the Orioles. I would still pick probably the Houston Astros or the Tampa Bay Rays that I could see them because of their experience, obviously winning World Series, et cetera, et cetera, maybe being the final team that represents the American League. But the Orioles were going to be there. They're going to be there. And now they got to figure out what to do about a closer. That's going to be a tough one. But as we get half September right around the corner, leading up to October baseball, it's going to be fun down the stretch. It is going to be fun down the stretch. You know, last time I talked about the races that we have in the different leagues. Seattle and Texas and Houston. I mean, they're all right there. One game separates the three of them, and that's going to be the series to watch. You could also think about Baltimore and Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has two games behind the Orioles, and let's see what, what happens without a closer for the Orioles. Cubs and Reds are four and six games behind Milwaukee respectively, they still have a shot. They do. But it's going to be fun to watch. Right along the start of football season, basketball's in preseason, and October baseball. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be beautiful. Along with seeing what happens in the U.S. Open. Alright, that'll do it for Just for Sport. I'm Jamoke Davis. Ciao for now.